Donald Trump's lawyers made an argument in front of the Supreme Court, well, to the Supreme Court, I guess I should say on Monday, arguing that they should reverse the appellate court's decision to immediately allow the prosecution in the January 6th trial to continue. And of course, asking the court to take up the overall issue of presidential immunity. And in their filing, they made not a legal argument. They made a political argument because these lawyers clearly have no idea what the hell they're doing. His lawyers probably at his request told the Supreme court that gee whiz, you can't allow him to be prosecuted because he's got to go out there on the campaign trail. And it's just too darn difficult for voters to hear from him. If you know, he's stuck in a courtroom somewhere. That's their argument that that's not a legal argument. Like there's, there's no case precedent to cite in that there's no, um, Hey, no, this law doesn't apply here. They're just saying like, Hey, you can't prosecute him because the guy's got things to do. He's a very busy man. Let me read this. This is from their filing. The DC circuit's extraordinary decision to return the mandate to the district court to proceed to trial imposes another grave species of irreparable injury. The threat to the first amendment rights of president Trump, his supporters and volunteers and all American voters who are entitled to hear from the leading candidate for president at the height of the presidential campaign. The special counsel seeks urgently to force president Trump into a months long criminal trial at the height of campaign season, effectively sidelining him and preventing him from campaigning against the current president to whom the special counsel ultimately reports president Biden. This would impose grave first amendment injuries on president Trump and all American voters, whether they support him or not, and threatens to tarnish the federal courts with the appearance of partisanship. Again, not a legal argument. Your job as lawyers was to go in a filing to the Supreme court. Cause Monday was your deadline. That's when you filed it and tell them the legal reasons why they should put a stay in place to not allow the trial to continue as they wait for the Supreme court to even decide whether or not to take up the issue of immunity. Instead, you said, well, he can't talk. He loses his first amendment if he, if he has to go to court, which is also not even true. So the one legal thing you actually tried to argue is not true. Nobody is taking away Donald Trump's ability to speak. He is still allowed to say whatever the hell he wants to say. He just may not be able to hop on an airplane anytime he chooses to go somewhere different and say it but that is not actually restricting his freedom of speech because he's still allowed to say what he wants to say. It's restricting his ability to travel, to say it and technically not even restricting it that much because he has his own airplane. He owns it. So even after the trial finishes for that day, he could hop on the plane. He could fly to a different part of the country, do his little speech, hop back on the plane, get back to DC and continue the trial the next day and so on and so forth. So, Your one legal argument you tried to make is easily refuted by a guy that didn't even go to law school. I can only imagine what Jack Smith and his team are going to say in response to that, because they're actually good, real lawyers. And I'm just a guy who talking to a camera right now. And even I destroyed your argument. So if this is the best you've got, I would expect the Supreme court, not necessarily to rule against Trump, 
but probably to stay out of the matter altogether by saying that the appellate court, they made their decision. We're just not going to take up the case. That's the way for the Supreme Court to keep their hands clean in the matter. And of course, allow the trial to continue. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham hit a new low this week when he went to the floor of the Senate to talk against the Ukraine aid package that, of course, did pass the Senate on Monday evening. Uh, But Lindsey Graham, during his time to speak, decided to argue with a poster. I'm not making that up either. Here is Republican Senator Lindsey Graham using his time on the floor to argue with a poster that he himself created. Take a look. This is the Polish prime minister, like Poland, been a great ally, good NATO ally. Dear Republican senators of America, Ronald Reagan, who helped millions of us to win back our freedom and independence, must be turning in his grave today. Shame on you. To the uh, prime minister of uh, Poland, I could care less what you think. To the prime minister of Poland, if Ronald Reagan were alive today, we wouldn't have this broken border. To the Prime Minister of Poland, I want to help Ukraine. I want to help make a stronger NATO. But my country is on fire. We've had 7 million people come across a broken border. How would you feel if 7 million people came in illegally into Poland? Would you have this attitude? we got to put Ukraine ahead of Poland? So here's a bit of context right there. Uh, Donald Tusk is the president of Poland. And of course he did send out that post on social media saying Reagan would be rolling in his grave. Sure. Whatever. Who gives a crap about Reagan anyway? But Lindsey Graham is so not bothered by Tusk's comments because he starts off by saying, I care so little what the prime minister of Poland thinks. I call him the president. He's prime minister. Sorry. Uh, I care so little about it. Lindsey Graham says that I decided to take your post on Twitter to send it to my aide, to have them blow it up, have the graphics department, create a poster, send it somewhere to be printed, bring it back to me. And I've prepared a speech to sit and argue with my own poster on the floor of the Senate. Yes. That, that totally reeks of, I don't care what you say. Like Lindsey Graham, this is clearly eating you alive. Don't act like you don't care what the prime minister of Poland has to say when you devoted your time to doing all that effort to just show his tweet on the floor of the Senate. You literally could have just pulled out your cell phone and read it, man. Or you could have paraphrased it without even pulling out your phone and then said, Hey, that's stupid. Here's why. But also at the same time, what the prime minister of Poland says about the Republican party in the United States is actually not in any way related, by the way, to what you're trying to talk about on the floor of the Senate and what you were trying to talk about on the floor of the Senate isn't even related to what was really even happening in the Senate. Cause you want to talk about immigration, but the real issue was we need to help our allies because you have this madman dictator that has invaded their country and we're friends with them. They're very close to a lot of our other allies over there in Europe. And we do to that degree have an obligation to help when we can. I'm not saying we should write Ukraine a blank check, but if this goes unchecked, 
then bad things are going to continue to happen. And they're going to start happening to our allies who are begging us to help out. Lindsey Graham doesn't care anything about that. Lindsey Graham's just so mad about this post on social media that he went through all that effort to tell us how little he cares about that post on social media. Lindsey Graham has no idea what he's doing. Lindsey Graham never has. And to be honest, I'm a little shocked here by Lindsey Graham, right? I mean, I thought you would love the idea of paying money for somebody to get weapons and go fight a war. I mean, you love war. Why, why are you not in love with this one? That doesn't make any sense to me, but nothing Lindsey Graham does make sense. And that includes arguing with his own poster on the floor of the Senate. In a closed-door meeting this week with Judge Eileen Cannon, Donald Trump and his lawyers outlined their legal strategy for their defense in the documents case. And this defense is just about as dumb as it gets. You see, according to what is being reported, Donald Trump's lawyers went in front of Judge Cannon and they said, hey, Judge, here's what we're going to say in court. We're going to argue that those documents, right? You know, the ones that, uh, this guy has, um, totally didn't matter, right? Like there was nothing important in any of those documents. Most of the stuff was outdated. So, you know, I mean, it's really not even that big of a deal and certainly doesn't fall under the purview of the espionage act, which he's being charged with. So nah, you get rid of all that because those documents were basically worthless. Here is what's being reported. Trump's attorneys prevented their defense theory, uh, presented their defense theory, which holds that classified documents he was charged with illegally retaining were not actually quote national defense information or quote closely held by the time he left office as defined in the Espionage Act. And they asked Cannon to limit the redactions or substitutions to those documents sought by the prosecutors. Quote, for instance, the Bedminster document understood to be a military map of Afghanistan would have been out, uh, out of date by the time he was waving it around in summer of 2021. Trump legal wants a document like that unredacted so they can argue that it was all old intelligence, old intelligence. Now, just because the document is old intelligence, right? Maybe things have changed in that country to where what's on that map is no longer on that map. But that doesn't mean that the information contained on that map is not still useful and could be useful to our allies or our enemies. So this is a very, very dumb legal argument. And the funny thing is it only covers about, I'd say a fraction of the charges against him because it's not just that the documents contained sensitive information. That is part of it, but it's, it's a smaller part of it. I mean, the biggest thing is that he stole the documents to begin with. It, it doesn't matter if they're old and outdated. It doesn't matter if the information contained in them is no longer relevant or they feel it's no longer relevant. The fact that he had them at all is in, in and of itself a crime. And y'all are sitting there telling the judge like, oh, I mean, he totally did it. Yeah, he had it. And he did, in fact, wave it around during that meeting. We've all heard the audio where you can hear the paper doing that. And they're like, yeah, but 
Nobody cared about that stuff. It was probably old. So redact that, they said. Or unredact that. So everybody can see, like, (laughs) we want more people to see the stuff that he had taken from the White House. Now, this actually sets up a perfect trap for Judge Cannon, by the way. Because Jack Smith, he has his private meeting as well. It's not just Cannon meeting with Trump's lawyers, although that wouldn't surprise me at this point. So Smith gets to go in there and he gets to make his requests for redactions and make his arguments for things that should not be redacted. And if Cannon allows fewer redactions or unredactions uh, than Jack Smith requests, it is at that point, according to legal experts, that he can then take his case to the appellate court to try to get Cannon kicked off the case. So by Trump's team going in and saying, yeah, redact this, redact this, redact this, unredact that, that gives Smith the opportunity to counter that whatever canon rules, he can then take it to the higher court and argue that she is trying to basically help them out and screw over the prosecution. So Trump's lawyers, even as stupid as their arguments were, according to the legal experts, lay a perfect trap that Judge Cannon has now walked right into. According to a new report this week, Donald Trump has finally come to the realization, and apparently came to this realization a long time ago, it's only now being reported, uh, but he came to the realization that he is overpaying for the legal services he is receiving and getting, effectively, bupkis in return. The reports say that Donald Trump has been furious about his staggering legal fees, but not just the total amounts. He's mad about how much he's having to pay to each individual lawyer and believes that these people, which would include Alina Haba, who's made $6 million, they're overpaid, he thinks. And possibly for the first time ever, I am here to say that I 100% agree with Donald Trump. You have been overpaying these clowns since the very beginning. And the only reason, by the way, according to these reports that Donald Trump came to this realization is because the people running as super PACs, the ones who are paying the legal fees, pointed this out. They're, they're like, listen, man, uh, I don't know if you see these numbers, but you're giving these people a lot of money. And for the record, they've all lost every case that they've been in charge of. Okay. You're not winning in court. You're losing. And every time you lose, it costs you tens of millions, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars. And we still got to pay millions of dollars to these people. Maybe we ought to do something about that. So what did Trump do? According to these reports, he put a cap on how much these lawyers can be paid. The cap, $750 an hour. Now, $750 an hour is a hell of a lot of money. I, I I obviously don't make $750 an hour. I don't even make a fraction of that. Um, I'm assuming most people watching this video are also not making $750 an hour. But here's the thing. For a good white collar criminal defense lawyer, $750 is basically like shopping at the dollar store. That's what you get. 
A good criminal defense attorney is typically going to cost you, depending on where you are in the country for high profile, white collar criminal defense. I'm not talking about your average defense lawyer down the street. I'm talking about your high priced, well to do can pretty much get away with murder type lawyers. Those are going to run you again, depending on where you are, 2000 to $6,000 an hour, an hour. And Trump says, you know, I've allegedly a billionaire, like, no, I'm not paying more than $750 an hour. <laughs> Literally going to pay them like legal minimum wage for these lawyers. And you get what you pay for. And even though you're paying them again, dollar store prices, you're still not getting your money's worth. They keep losing. And every time they lose, you have to pay out tens of millions of dollars. And when we get the fraud trial verdict, you're going to pay out hundreds of millions of dollars. So I love this story because one, Trump knows he's overpaying these people. Two, he instructed his people to only find lawyers that he can pay bargain rate prices to. Three, that helps explain why his legal teams have been so bad. And four, something everybody forgot. This is why all the good lawyers left. Parlatori, Takapina. Those were the two guys that came into Trump's team over the last year or two. They were supposed to be the grownups. They were going to rein in all these, you know, bargain bin lawyers, put them on the right track. And both those dudes left. And they, they took, by the way, their legal teams that also came with them, with them. So Trump's left with the bargain bin lawyers. We've seen what that's produced. And he still is mad that he is paying them so much. Well, I don't disagree with you on that one, buddy. You have paid these people far more than they're worth. You have made Alina Haba a millionaire. And all they do is consistently and repeatedly lose cases for you. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.